If you've been wishing, hoping, and dreaming about taking your business from six figures to multi-six figures or multi-six figures to seven figures, then I want to make sure you get our new free guide, the multi-six and seven-figure scaling roadmap. Inside the guide, I pull back the curtains and I shared all the strategies that I used and they can help you too. First, they can help you triple your monthly sales. I shared proven strategies with you that led to a 3x increase in my monthly sales. Second, I show you exactly how to crush your limiting beliefs. Say goodbye to doubts like, you can't charge that much and there aren't enough ideal clients for you too. Third, how to only work with ideal clients. I show you how to become the go-to expert and attract only the perfect clients and referrals. And finally, I show you how to quantum leap to $20,000 plus every single month. I show you exactly how to take a quantum leap from $8,000 per month, for example, to $20,000 a month. You can absolutely break through your upper limit barrier and enjoy five and six figure months every single month. Make 2024 your dream come true year by downloading your free guide today. Just click the link in the show notes below. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, your resources to selling strategies, tips, and best practices to take your performance to the next level. There's no reason you can't double your sales. So let's get to it with your sales coach, Ursula Menches. Welcome to Double Your Sales Now, where you learn all the tips, mindset shifts, tools, and strategies to two times your sales in any niche. I'm your host, Ursula Minches, and I am so excited to dive into today's show. I have the very cool, very amazing Sarah Becker with me today, and she's got some stories to tell. So I just want to say, hi, Sarah. Welcome to the show. Hi, Ursula. Thanks for having me. Excited to have you. And I know we're going to have a great conversation today. And for those of you who are listening, like make sure you have your notepads ready to go with a pen. You're going to want to take some notes. So we're going to see where this goes. Before I tell you about Sarah, though, we have a sponsor today. I just want to, I'm so grateful for all of our sponsors. Today, our sponsor is, some of you might have heard of here in the Minnesota area or even beyond because she is an international speaker. Her name is Cheryl Lightshoe, and she has a new book out called Straight Talk for Smart Business Women. So let me ask you this. Do you, do you find you have so much noise about ways to build and grow your business? I know I do. Webinars, writing great sales pages, you know, all of that. Do you have the right brand? What's your social media presence? Should you have a business page? On and on. So if you want to grow a successful, sustainable small business, where do you start? Cheryl Lightshoe's new book, Straight Talk for Smart Business Women, Critical Tools to Build and Grow Your Business, is a great place to stop the noise and regain your focus. You can find her book on Amazon or visit her website, www.straighttalkforsmartbusinesswomen.com. And we're going to have her on the show in a couple months. I'm, I'm really excited about that. So Cheryl, thanks for being one of our sponsors and definitely grab her book if you haven't yet. So let me tell you about Sarah Becker and why I'm excited to have her on the show. She's a genius, not self-proclaimed. I just know that she's super smart. So let me tell you about her. She is a holistic problem solver. I mean, that already makes her super smart, right? Like what is a holistic problem solver? Sarah's passionate about helping people and given her unique set of skills from Excel spreadsheet guru to process improvement expert to energy healer, did you get all that? All of that enables her to solve problems in a way that others cannot. Sarah spent 10 years in corporate America, six of those 10 years at one of the nation's top re retailers. It was there that she honed her problem solving skills. Sarah became known as the fixer. Send her any challenge and she would figure out how to solve it. Sarah loved converting her co-workers' painful daily tasks into simple and automated slices of heaven. <laughs> Only a few people in the world, I think, can do that. Sarah left the corporate world to bring her knowledge to the small business space, 
because people work harder than they need to. Oh yeah. And Sarah's main goal is to make your work and personal life, right? Not just work, but your personal life too, easier and more enjoyable. So with that, Sarah, thanks for being here. And I would love if you could just, you know, I shared your background, but could you tell a little bit of your story? Like what, what brought you to where you are today? What had to happen to catapult you into your own business? And then a little bit about what that journey has been like for you. Yeah. Kind of crazy story. And it's amazing when, I mean, for everyone, when you look back at all the events in your life and can then understand how you got to be where you were meant to be. Had I opened a business when right out of college when I felt like I should, because I always felt like I should own my own business, I wouldn't have the same skills that I have now. So I'm incredibly grateful for the journey I went on, although sometimes it was obnoxious and messy and not so much fun to be in. But it's brought me to this amazing place of where I am now and enables me to be that like true holistic problem solver who can look at situations in so many different ways. So like you said, in my bio, I spent about 10 years in corporate America, even though Very early on in my career, I felt like I should own my own business, but never knew quite what in. I even contemplated opening up in any time. I, you know, enjoyed group fitness and working out. A lawn care company came up and, you know, I did that over the summer in college. So why not open a lawn care company? But nothing ever quite felt right. So I I stuck it out in corporate, even though corporate wasn't necessarily my place, but enabled me to really create and learn and develop my process improvement skills. And funny enough, I didn't even actually realize I had those skills until the end of my corporate career. So what ended up happening is I was working at this large retailer. And as many large and small organizations are today, it's common for that organization to be going through a transformation. And I was at that place where this organization was going through transformations. I was feeling that I may lose my job. So I started looking at, okay, plan B. What am like, I want to own a business. What am I even good at? What do I enjoy? What am I passionate about? And so I started looking at my career at, you know, these six years at this large retailer. And during those six years, I had worked in marketing, finance, and then IT. And so kind of different areas. But what I realized is that what made me successful in each area was my ability to create efficiencies and automate. I like to say, or what I realized is that I never met a task that I didn't improve. Where most people get a task and they just assume it's the best it can be. And even if it's painful and they hate doing it, they just continue to do it. Whereas I, I guess, was maybe too stubborn to follow that same philosophy. And um, if it was an incredibly painful task, I said, there's no way in hell I'm doing that again next month or next week or whatever. Uh huh. Yeah, because it's painful. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to learn how to improve that task. And so I would spend days, weeks, whatever it took, researching how the software, whatever, how do I do this in Excel? Can Excel do this? And, you know, by the end of all that research, I would have this amazing automated task that, you know, took half the time or sometimes even less than half the time as the previous task had taken. And so ultimately what I got really good at was working myself out of a job. 40 hours a week was no longer 40 hours a week for me. It would be 20 some hours a week. And so that's essentially what I'm taking to small businesses because when I look at where I was or how many people were at this large corporation and how few people did this, like naturally, 
There weren't that many, mm-hmm. you know, maybe one in 30. There, I ran into a couple of people. This, you know, large retailer had a lot of smart people. So I definitely ran into some people who did kind of the same thing. But then thinking of, okay, maybe it's one in 30. What about these small businesses who only have 30 employees or 100? Like the likelihood of someone with that skill set being in that organization was very small. And so that is what propelled me into opening up this business so I could take that knowledge and help small businesses because in corporate, it's a little, at least the level I was at, it was, it was easier to leave work at the door. And yeah, in the small business space, when there aren't that many, you know, maybe it's 30 employees and you're very close and it's much more of that family environment. It's a lot harder to disconnect from work. And right. we need, like, we're meant to live too, not only work. What? Um, I know. It's a crazy concept. <laughs> It doesn't quite make sense, but believe me, if you Google it, I'm pretty sure you'd find the answer that yes, we are meant to live. <laughs> so really, I'm going to Google that. Yeah, Google it. Let me know what you find. <laughs> but that's my mission, really, enabling people to have a successful business, have it run very efficiently and reduce the number of errors. And then the end result is that you also get to walk out the door at the end of the day feel comfortable with where your business is at and um, be at home with your family and enjoy life. I love it. Well, I know at the end of our conversation today, you're going to give us some tips. So I can't wait for that because that's a pretty cool superpower. But before we get there, we want to know about the pain that you went through starting your own (laughs) business and, you know, in the sales arena, if any. So share with me, Sarah, like when you launched and you, you know, started to go out and actually sell your services. What was that like for you? Were there any limiting beliefs that came up? Where did you get stuck? What did you say to yourself? Yeah, the biggest limiting belief I had was that I couldn't be myself. To the point, like this belief was so strong that I ended up recreating my corporate job in my business. I felt like I had to know everything and be super smart just to convince people to buy my services. I felt like I had to fit a certain mold and ignore my easygoing, fun-loving side if I wanted business owners to take who I am and what I do seriously. And recreating my corporate job was incredibly devastating. I left the corporate world for a reason. And then I brought myself back. Like, who does that? Come on. That's not what owning I think a lot business. of people. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, that's not what your dream of when you're owning your own business. Like, it's all about freedom and, and not kind of the same fun that you dealt with when you're in the corporate space. Well, so much of you, the problem that you solve for your clients, though, is that, right? Like you give, you help them uncreate the job they created for themselves by giving them their freedom back by creating these systems and processes, right? Right. Yes, definitely. There are ways out of that job that you've created yourself and abilities to get out of working in your business and, you know, start working on your business. I know many of us have heard that quite a bit. And you know, maybe we think it's, oh, that's a great idea for so-and-so, but, you know, my business is different and I can't do that. And I'm telling you, it is possible and, and life is much better when you, when you do that. Um, so I want to circle back. I think I stopped you. You were finishing talking about your limiting beliefs and where you were getting stuck. Yes. So this gets into, so I'm a process person. And then this gets into where the energy healing that Ursula mentioned in my bio came in. So because I woke up and was just like, oh, I don't want to go into work. Like, I'm not supposed to feel these feelings. This is why I left the corporate job. It sent me 
into or on a very messy personal and spiritual development journey. You could maybe say it's somewhat of an early midlife crisis because, you know, lots of 30-something-year-olds go through midlife crises at that time. Hopefully it's my only one and I don't have to do it again. Putting that out to the universe. Got it. Done. Moving on. So went through this whole spiritual journey, got on the energy side and then went through more of a struggle with like, well, I can't be a process person, an energy person all at the same time. Like that doesn't make any sense. It actually kind of does because really my process stuff is helping to clear the energy in businesses. So, you know, you can kind of tie the two together. But the really the main thing that I learned from this journey, whether I'm a process person or energy person, was to just be myself. Like in the end, I learned to love myself and to fully be myself as a business owner. And I mean, to go even further, I actually gave myself a new title within my business. So instead of being the CEO and being very corporate-y, I now call myself the CHO or the Chief Holistic Officer. So I'm now allowing myself to be my whole true authentic self. What a great reminder for all of us. Like what if we, I mean, for everyone who's listening, right? Like what if we could just all be ourselves and do business as ourselves and how much lighter that would feel. So Sarah, I mean, when you thought you had to be somebody else or like, what did you base that on? Like, was it business people you'd been around before? Was it television shows? Like, where did you get the ideas? Cause I think we all have them. I mean, I know where mine came from. So where did your ideas come from? I don't know. Maybe it's that time in the corporate space and seeing you know, it's the suit wearing people and it's those different personalities that are successful in corporate that aren't, maybe this is my limiting belief right here. It's that in order to be successful in corporate, you have to be this like super smart, classy, always know the right thing to say, suit wearing person. And that's just not me. And I, <laughs> I think I just felt like I, in order to play with those people, I had to become those people. And those people are probably wonderful, fun, loving, easygoing people. But that's just kind of that perception that I had of the leaders I ran into that were, were successful within corporate. Sure. And that obviously wouldn't work for you and didn't work for you. And you shifted back into just being you, who you are. And I think that's that's the reminder for all of us. And so, Sarah, I want to shift gears a little bit and dive into, you know, the, thinking back to the first time you doubled your sales or you had a big month or a major increase. Tell us a little bit about what that experience was like. And on the other side of that, what did you believe about sales, selling or yourself as a salesperson then? Yeah, I remember that time when I doubled my sales and it was amazing. I was working with you and Rebecca after sales camp. And so I made the big leap from feeling bad about selling my services for $100 an hour to confidently selling a 90-day program for $7,500 a month. And whoop, whoop. Yeah. I want to make sure everybody heard that. That's a pretty big thing, <laughs> Sarah. Yes. Yeah. Congratulations. It was, it was awesome. And of course, you and Rebecca helped me. You encouraged me multiple times to create programs. Multiple times I ignored you because, you know, it didn't sound like We're fun. used to that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but, and I felt like like my services there, I customize them for each client. So how in the world could I create these programs? You guys didn't take the hint that I was ignoring you and you kept bringing up these damn programs. So I was like, fine, fine, I'll do it. So I sat down and created them. And surprisingly, it was really, really easy to create programs and, you know, surprise, surprise, they helped me a lot, <laughs> you know, you guys are brilliant. Why didn't I listen to you the first time? Um, and what really, how it really helped is that like, I had something tangible to bring with on the sales conversation. And it made me easier to talk about how I could help people. And it also allowed the business owners I was speaking with 
to to understand better what I was offering. And after that first big program was sold, it was just it was kind of flipping that switch with like, oh, maybe I do have something valuable to offer. Like maybe you know people will buy from me and I can be myself and I provide great value and I can place a high price tag on my services because because they are very valuable. Yes. And Sarah, how important do you think it is to be to have your pricing in alignment with you? I mean, I know we have listeners out there who probably need to double, triple or quadruple their prices. What advice do you have for them? And what happens when you don't increase your prices to your what you know is your value? I'd say do it like you know you're going to provide a valuable service and you know sometimes having that higher price tag like it pushes you to truly be who you're meant to be and to perform at your highest level which you're going to do anyways like no matter what you price it at you're going to perform at your highest level but what happens when you price it at that high level is you're truly feeling valued whereas when you price it at a low level and I did this at the beginning because I was afraid to you know charge $7,500 a month. And instead, you know, it was easier or I tell you tell yourself it's easier to get people to buy your service if you really undervalue it or have it at a low price. But in the end, whenever I did that, I provided the same great value, but felt like I was just giving myself away. And I think it actually felt worse because they were getting a lot. They were getting, yeah. you know, I'm selling my my brain essentially. And, and they got a lot of it and I didn't get the same in return. So really, I mean, everyone listening has something unique and wonderful that they can give to people that people can't, can't get on your own. So remember those pieces of you or those gifts that you have that you don't even have to think twice about doing those are incredibly valuable because not everyone has those pieces, but those are the hardest ones to identify ourselves because we think that when something is easy for us that everyone else can do it in the blink of an eye. But remember that's not the case and don't hold your thoughts and ideas back because you don't you think that it's obvious. Like 9 times out of 10, right? That business leader or that client that you're talking to, they don't they're not thinking that same way and it's not obvious to them and you just, you know, solve some huge if- issue of theirs that's been driving them crazy for years. So don't hold back. Your right. gifts are valuable. Yeah. For some, we're the answer to somebody's prayer. And we have to own those superpowers. My friend Amanda talks about those. Amanda Johnson, we've had her on the show, but she talks about our superpowers. And it does. It can seem super easy to us, but for somebody else, it's like their super pain point. So Sarah, before we get to like your area of expertise, we still have to talk about sales a little bit. So tell <laughs> me, when you had that first big month or even building to the month, what are the top two sales strategies that you've used or you feel best about that have helped you grow your biz? Creating the programs was huge as much as I didn't want to do it. And from what I've heard, most people really drag their heels when Correct. doing it. And you have to mention it like <laughs> 80 times before someone finally does it. But I mean, that was huge. It was something tangible. It cleared it up. It took pieces that were in my head and put them on paper so that they could make more sense to other people. So that was one, if you don't have programs, like you know them in your head, just put them on paper and it makes life a hell of a lot easier. The second piece was changing the sales conversation more to a get to know you format rather than feeling like it was this like hard sell. Like walk into a sales conversation, yeah. just like, hey, uh, what's your name? Let's talk about your family for the first 
five minutes and let's really get to know each other and having a conversation from that space and, and really being that person who's truly walking in to help that individual, that business leader in any way that they can. And sometimes that's, I, I am not your answer, but this person is. Um, but going in there knowing I'm going to provide you value and we're going to get to know each other really well. I'll find a solution for you. Sometimes it's not me, but, but there is a solution to your problem. I mean, how can anyone say no to that? Like either you can help them or you can't, but it's worth it to have that conversation. And then you're really coming from that place of serving. So hopefully everyone's writing that down. Like it's just a really good way to phrase it. So Sarah, I want to make sure we have time for you. I mean, we know you are an expert at being a fixer. You fix things. You fix things not only from a systems and process side, but also from an energetic side, which together is quite a combination. So what are your top tips for our listeners? Things that you share with your clients. So one of the top tips that I share with my clients, or I actually, I mean, this is how I run my process business is the concept that it's actually the people who make or break a process change and not the technology. So that's kind of where my holistic problem solver um, piece comes in because I consider all parts of the puzzle. It's like, it's not only the process, but it's also the people in it. The people are actually a much bigger piece of that process. Because in reality, I could create the most amazing process, but if I don't have the buy-in of the leaders and more importantly, the workers who will be using the process, the new process will go absolutely nowhere. So I spend a lot of time getting to know the people and working with them to create and develop the new process, you know, rather than me solely developing the process on my own. Um, because when it comes down to it, it's like, yes, I can, I can own that I'm smart, but I don't know all of the details. I'm coming in as an outsider. I learn quickly, but if it's left up only to me, I'll probably leave some pieces out and they'll probably going to be important details. And then if I don't have that relationship with the workers, then they're just going to get mad at the process and they're not going to, you know, help me out and be like, Hey, you left out this important detail. And so when you're right. working within an organization, I think no matter what service you provide, like get to know the people and get kind of, you know, down, I mean, get help. Those people People want to be heard within an organization and you're in there to make their lives easier, which I mean, who's going to say no to that? But just keep in mind that at all levels of the organization, like those people have very good ideas and opinions on how their life can get made easier. And actually, if you are a process person or work in that space, it's actually the managers are, are very brilliant and they do their job amazingly well. But it is those people that are hands on within the process that know it the best. And those people need to be your best friend if, if you're going to be successful in that space. Yes. Right. What a great reminder. Yes. The people the and people not the technology. Make that. For sure. And also a nice segue into not the technology is another tip is software. Like There are amazing tools out there, different software, technology and apps. But if you're a business owner and you're searching for this new technology because you think it's going to be your magical fix. Like I have these issues and this process isn't working. So I'm going to go get this software and then everything is going to be rainbows and butterflies. Unfortunately, <laughs> from what I've seen, that's just, that's not the case. The The reality of it is that if you have a shitty process that isn't working now and you simply lift and land that process into a new software, if you still have a shitty process, it just looks nicer. And so, you know, take the time to fix the process prior to implementing a new technology and definitely implement new technologies. Like I'm all about all the fancy new technologies and automation. Like they're all 
made to make your life easier. So don't stop implementing them. Just be more strategic and smarter on the front end into how and how the process is and what you're actually putting into that software. So you can make sure to use it to its fullest potential too, because they can do amazing things. Right, right. Makes sense. What are the biggest mistakes that you see people making with systems or process here in this area that could help our listeners? With a lot of my clients is digital clutter. So I use the term digital clutter to just talk about the 10 million pieces of information that are in front of us like all day, every day. And, you know, like the 18,000 like little tabs on your Internet Explorer browser that drive me bonkers when I see them. I can't handle it. My mind is just like, "Ah, I'm on overdrive. Slow down. But to pay attention to that, because the same way that physical clutter impacts like your life and your mind and your energy, that same thing is happening in that digital space. So if you think of like you clean out your closet and next time you look at it, like it literally looks and feels lighter. And so find ways to do that in your digital space too. And one easy way is to like, say you have client folders and you know, maybe you've worked with 400 clients and you have that client folder. Awesome. And then you have individual folders for each of your clients, which again is an awesome way to organize everything. But if you're only working with 15 clients at a time, don't have all 400 of those folders in front of your face because then you have to scroll like you're you know, going to Mr. Johnson and you have to scroll all the way through like 200 folders before you actually get to that one file that you need. So an easy way to, to remove that digital clutter in this specific situation is create a folder that starts with a Z so it moves all the way down the end and simply label it completed. Maybe you put, you know, the years on it or whatever makes sense for your business, but move all of those old clients or clients that you are currently inactive and put them in those folders, that one folder. So you have those 15 clients in front of you, the most important ones. So you're not wasting all that time and that energy scrolling up and down to find those folders. And you're not going to lose that information. So If that client comes back, you can easily go into the completed, just drag it back into kind of your active space. But once you do it, you don't realize how much it's impacting you. Just like your closet, like all the clothes, like reaching out to you and driving you crazy. You don't know that the clothes in there are driving you so crazy until you clean it out. And then it's like, wow, this is nicer. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Right. It is. Clutter is clutter. And it does add to the mind clutter. So we know you can fix these challenges. Give us more. So how I know you have lots of cool opportunities for our listeners. Tell us more. How can we connect with you? How can we work with you? So as I mentioned before, so my main limiting belief was that I had I couldn't be myself. I had to fit a mold, ignore my fun, loving, easygoing, spiritual side was not the case. But I, as I said, I went through a messy personal spiritual development journey. And from that journey, I created a seven day process because not everyone needs to, you know, become such a, a shit show before they figure this stuff out and learn to like truly love themselves. And so I created a process called seven days to train yourself to tell that mean, nasty, bitchy voice inside your head to F off. So you can start living in joy, happiness, fun, and love or the longest title ever, or I, cause I think I'm, I'm funny. So this process really gets you 
I pull out the the pieces that helped me the most and allowed myself to become that CHO or that chief holistic officer of my life and business. And so I want to share that process with others so that more people can can just truly love themselves and be happy as like happy to be, you know, love as that sounds. It's yeah, it's important. It's the real thing, I guess. For being a part of Ursula's community, I wanted to offer a 20% discount. So you can use the promo code double to get 20% off. And you can find the e-workbook at chiefholisticofficer.com. And then, so that's kind of on that more energy side and spiritual side that I have. And on the process side, I have a free 45-minute consultation that I will help you identify your biggest problem, the root cause of your problem within your business, and help you create action steps to get past it. And like I mentioned earlier, sometimes I can come in and I'm the solution. Other times I'm not. And if I'm not, like I don't do legal stuff. I'm not an accountant. I have a great pool of resources that I will pull from and introduce you to. So you'll always have someone. You'll leave this time with someone who can help you, whether it's me or someone else. And that session you can schedule at clearsimplebusiness.com. Phenomenal. And thank you for sharing those great opportunities. If someone wants to just reach out to you directly, what's the best way to do that? You can find me at Sarah at clearsimplebusiness.com or Sarah at chiefholisticofficer.com. You can join my community on Facebook, my CHO community. That's under the full name, Chief Holistic Officer. And yes, I'd love to hear from anyone. Awesome. I won't bore your mind. I won't totally bore you with process improvement stories, but I may throw in one or two. So just be prepared. Well, I know you've made a difference for many clients. And Sarah, I want to thank you for being here today. Thank you for sharing your your superpowers. It's been really fun to have you on the show. Yes, thank you for having me. Man, that went fast. I want to thank all of you listeners all over the world. We love you. We love connecting with you. You can email me directly at Ursula, U-R-S-U-L-A at salescoachnow.com. If you haven't gone to my website yet, you can go to sales with an S, salescoachnow.com and grab our free, I said free webinar. It's valued at almost $500. It's called the Authentic Sales Formula, an entrepreneur's guide to serving more clients without being pushy or salesy. How powerful is that? And also, I'd love to partner with you on your next event, conference, or sales training session. You can go to UrsulaMinches.com to see all my latest keynotes, and you can also click on the link to book me now, and I would love to help you um, with your next event. That's it for now, everybody. Thanks for being here, and make this your most epic year yet. Thank you for listening to Double Your Sales Now. To get even more information to take your sales to the next level, visit us at salescoachnow.com. That's salescoachnow.com. Join us again next week to learn how to double your sales now.